0: I'm James Parker, Managing Editor of Housebuilder and Developer Magazine. This is Builders Voices, a new podcast which we think is pretty unique in the market. In 2021, Netmag Media, which publishes Housebuilder and Developer Magazine, launched the Building Insights Podcast to speak to key voices in the industry and delve into the big issues. The podcast has been a big success, including with our sponsors – Builders' Voices is a new strand, however, giving a rare platform for SME housebuilders to share their ideas and experiences. To bring these Builders' Voices to you, the editorial team at Housebuilder and Developer magazine has collaborated with the Federation of Master Builders. The largest trade association in the UK construction industry, the FMB, represents the interests of small and medium-sized building companies, and is committed to quality in UK housebuilding. In this episode, Jack Wooler, Deputy Editor of Housebuilder and Developer magazine, talks to Rob Bailey, MD and co-founder of Swallow Hill Homes, about life running a small firm in 2022. Swallow Hill is a small but highly regarded housebuilder based in Nottingham and a member of the FMB. In this first episode of Builders Voices, he really grabs the opportunity to share his thoughts on the business case for making a quality product, not just the cheapest product. However, he also candidly expresses his worries on the current inflation storm hitting the industry. Before we hear Jack speak to Rob, huge thanks to the Federation of Master Builders, who are working closely with us to bring you some of the best Builders Voices out there.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Rob. It'd be great if you could begin by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at Swallow Hill Homes.
2: Um, so I guess I guess I would say I would describe myself um, as, as a property developer. So I run Swallow Hill Homes, which is a, uh, a managing director of Swallow Hill Homes, which builds sort of, we're building about 10 to 15 units a year at the moment in Nottinghamshire, Um, I also have um, a couple of other businesses um, as I say one of which I build I started that that was a chap that I met uh, through an event of the Federation of Master Builders and I felt somebody else who who was standing around looked a bit like me um, as if they didn't have anybody to talk to Um, we've now actually got a business that will be turning over about 10 million pounds this year and we only started it about four or five about five years ago Um, so it does show what's possible um, so for swallow hill homes and say i'm managing director i'm really identifying buying development sites making sure that we can we can finance them i then have an operations director who is very strong on the building and the technical side he then organizes a mainly employed team that we have to then build out and uh, execute the building of those houses we then sell those houses um, at any one time we normally we're working on about one or two sites at a time. Um, as I say, uh, we have quite a, as I say, a, sh- a higher percentage of employed people than, than I was going to say the many businesses, um, given, the, given the nature of house building. It does very much lean itself towards a subcontractor base. Um, as I say, I'm one of the other businesses, HD uh, Build. There I'm finance director, um, effectively just making sure that the business is, is on the right – is on the right keel and going in the right direction. Again, selecting sites, uh, choosing, choosing sort of the direction of the company. Uh, there we, we build about, we build sort of houses of, or sites of 30 to 40 units down in South Wales. We also act as a main contractor, um, and we've been involved in some of the, sort of the high rise cladding works um, and do sort of repairs repairs and maintenance for housing associations. Okay, fantastic.
1: So could you uh, could you take us back in time a little bit and tell us about the history of your company, how it began and the story up to today?
2: Um, uh, when I got to about 24 years of age, I was actually working in the food industry um, and I just became absolutely obsessed with houses. Um, if you speak to my friends at the time, they said I was almost unbearable to be around because all I could think about was houses. Um, I originally built up a, a buy-to-let sort of buy portfolio, um, buying uh, tired houses that needed refurbishing, thing, refurbishing them, refinancing, renting them out. Um, and then uh, I got to a certain point in about 2005 as everybody was doing it. And I thought I need to get out of that, that market and do something else. Um, I then did some barn conversions in a joint venture with somebody um, who is a builder. And we're still very good friends to this day, um, but we went our separate ways. And in 2005, I set up Swallow Hill Homes uh, with the other director. Okay, so could you tell us a bit about what you're both working on now then? Uh,
1: The main projects for the company at the moment, and perhaps what sets them apart from their peers?
2: Um. I would say I don't think I'm doing anything, especially rocket science or particularly clever. Um, We're completing 18 houses in Eastwood, um, which is a site which had a a single bungalow on. We we built 10 houses next door and have made contact with the owner. And then when they wanted to sell, uh, they just knocked on our door. We, you know, we agreed a figure we then put the planning application together and we've then say built the 18 houses that project's finishing in in about seven weeks time and we've just started on another site where we're building 14 uh houses uh quite large houses sort of four or five bedroom detached um in nottinghamshire on, on a sloping site which is quite challenging um again Putting that together took me quite a long time. We originally bought part of the site back in 2015, and then it took a long time to sort the neighbours out, sort the planning out. Um, But say constructions sort of on progress there, there's obviously challenges that we have now in terms of materials, availability, you know, price increases. Um, But I think in any industry, there are always challenges you know, I'd rather be rather be where we are now than where we were in two thousand eight, two thousand and nine. You know, and there was a recession; you couldn't sell houses. Um, I am a big believer that if you build quality products, there will always be somebody that wants to buy your house. If you build, a, you know, buy a poor quality product or try and fit too many in, which possibly I've been guilty of in the past. You know, then it's harder to it's harder to it's harder to sell them. Um, I think if you if you focus on quality, there'll always be a market as i say i am now starting to get quite concerned about the recession because we do live in very strange times you know the uh, the amounts that people are asking for goods and services is you know doesn't necessarily sit right with me you know we've we got a price increase on some insulation where it's going up 10% in in, in april 10% in may and 12% in in july you know that's we've never heard of things like that before and so there's a lot of things that make me nervous at the moment, but you know that's business. You have to, you know, adapt, focus on your market. Um, you know, probably not overextend yourself. It's really great to hear about your approach
1: with quality being front and center in your building process. Uh, you talked at the end though about some challenges that you have at present. I wondered if you could go a little deeper on what your biggest challenges or, or barriers are at the moment.
2: Um. I think house building is becoming a lot more professional, whereas when I started, you could probably just be a, you know, a, you know, a father, a father and son and you know get an architect to do some plans and then and then build those plans. You know, the level of accreditation, the level of design, um, the level of. I think it's professional. In a way, it can be described as professionalising, but then actually probably the original father and son, they can actually do all the building work. Uh, the issue is now you need so many different reports. There's so many barriers and so many hurdles. I think it does create a a real challenge for people to enter this market. Well, I can imagine.
1: So in terms of what the government could do to intervene here, if there was one move that the government could do to to help aid house building at present what what do you
2: think it would be i think if they had some uh, i think if they had some standard designs where you had houses that were constructed and they sort of shared the technical details of them where you could as a uh, you know as a small developer just say right okay i'm going to buy a plot of land i'm going to put those two houses in You've got the designs, you might change the roof t- tiles or the, you know, the exterior, what, what type of brick it is or render. Um, but the individual structure and the design was available. I think that would make it, you know, that would make it easier. But, you know, we live in a very densely crowded country, you know, getting planted There aren't a lot of plots of land for people to build on because actually house prices have always been relatively expensive in the UK. And there isn't much land, so all of the easy plots to develop have generally all been developed. Um, I do think we're going through a period now where you know, the government are building. It's a lot easier for planners just to give planning for a, you know a field of you know 200 houses, 300 houses. It's as it's almost as hard for them to do, as easy for the or as easy or hard for the planners to do that as it is for them to do a scheme of you know four or five units that's surrounded by other houses. So planners will always go for the, you know, put their time, invest their time, you know, in the bigger sites.
1: Well, that's a, a really interesting prospect to have a standard set of house designs to keep planning moving forward a bit faster. So were you thinking, I, I know in Germany, especially, custom-built housing is very hmm. popular, which often involves uh, more standardized homes, which buyers can go and see perhaps before the, the plot's even in existence. Do you think that's something that we could, we could bring more to the UK?
2: I mean you can do that you you know it, it is possible to do that you can buy those houses but you know houses have to be designed and have to be tested to very high you know standards and planning you know have very high standards so you know there is no easy way of clicking your fingers um and making it much you know you, you don't want to allow anybody you know any tom dick or harry that doesn't have the experience you know to build the houses you know houses need to be airtight because of you know energy efficiency um, so things do have to be done correctly, and actually that means that it's going to be complicated and and expensive. Yeah, I can absolutely see that, actually.
1: Well, uh, moving forwards, I was hoping we could briefly discuss the, the building safety bill. We've actually recently taken it upon ourselves to conduct a piece of research on the bill, and it's revealed some some rather shocking facts. For instance, one in three house builders and developers have not even been told about the bill yet, just weeks before it received royal assent. I wondered if if you're aware of the bill and have you been engaged with it at all by government? Has you know has anyone told you about it? Have you come across it at all in in your work?
2: I mean, I mean I, I mean I have. I presume this is the bill that relates to taller buildings. That's coming out of the Grenfell tragedy. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for somebody like myself, under Swallow Hill Homes, you know, we are we're building houses that are one or two stories tall. So I would probably say that most of the market isn't necessarily affected by the building safety bill because it tends to you know, impact on the bigger developers. And again, if you're building a tower block that's ten or twenty stories tall you will be then be using you know professional or you know very professional contractors um, and you know architects engineers etc etc so you know would I say does it significantly impact um, the average builder on the street and I might be wrong with this but my impression my impression would be no you know building regulations do change over time but that's you know that's nothing new they've they've always changed and gradually got tighter we probably have more iterate iterations of that the you know the building rigs probably change every couple of years now whereas before it might be every five or six years but at the end of the day you know the planet is heating up we all have to do everything we can to stop the climate emergency you know most of us have got children and we think thinking well you know what what, what you know, what's my daughter life you know if she lives to 90 years old what's you know what's the world going to be like so yes you know climate change Creates challenges and makes things harder, but then if we don't do something about it, nobody is. I absolutely
1: agree, and I, I think it's a fantastic approach to take. Uh, lastly, I
2: just wanted to ask: Do you feel like the government engages you enough as an SME? I would say I'm quite involved with the FMB, and I think the the FMB are, from my experience of when we've been in meetings with the government is the people from the FNB give solutions rather than just moan and bitch about government policy. Um, and And so uh, there are probably quite a few, I'm on various sort of, Consultative groups with the government. I've been to Downing Street. Um, generally, I think the government and the de- DCLG or Department of Leveling Up, I think they're called now. You know, they want to come up with policy that works. And so actually, all the people you do meet in the civil sector, they're all you know very well intentioned. They do actually want to hear feedback, and I think the FMB does a very good job of giving feedback from this you know, from the SME market. Okay,
1: brilliant. Well, well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us, Rob. I've really enjoyed all of your responses today. So I suppose, lastly, is, is there anything you'd like to conclude on that, that we haven't discussed already today? No,
2: I mean, I think, you know, it, it's challenging. But to be honest, every job, you know, every job that you're in is challenging. I, I would just say to, I was going to say to other builders that are that are out there, the key thing is making sure that you get paid. That's one reason why I chose house building. Um, as I say, our business in Wales principally works for housing association. You know, if you're working on credit for somebody, make sure you've got it in writing and you know exactly where you are. Because often we do things and trust, and we assume that other people are like us, but not every you know not everybody not everybody's like that. You know, and if you have bad debts, you know people go bump on you. You've got to do a huge amount of work just to, just to recover your losses.
1: Thanks again to Rob and Swallow Hill Homes for their collaboration on this podcast. Thanks also to the Federation of Master Builders, without whom this series would not be possible.